Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. All right, guys. On this week's episode, we have with us a certified money coach, top-performing realtor, real estate investor, and speaker coming coming to us from Winnipeg, Canada. She's a mompreneur, mother of four, and founder of Investor Smarts. And she's on a mission to empower couples to create legacies for themselves. Please welcome this highly thought-after finance and real estate coach, Candice Facts Reason. Welcome, Candice. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. In my opening, I mentioned that you're on a mission to empower couples to create legacies for themselves. And in a previous episode of mine, I talked about living your legacy now. So I wanted to ask you, what is the legacy? Like, what? T- tell me how you define what a legacy is. I think legacy really depends on what the couple is looking for. But I think so often we get trapped in just the day-to-day of what we want to accomplish in the day or where we need to run the kids to, do we have enough food in the fridge? And we don't dream enough. And I think that if we can just take that time to really think, um, like, what do we want out of life? What do we want our legacy to be, right? What, What do we want to be remembered for? And once we start to dream, then that's when we start realizing, you know what, this is actually possible, but it starts with dreaming. Love it. Okay. So what's the legacy that you actually, that you and your husband actually hope to create? My background has been very entrepreneurial. So my grandparents and my parents, everybody's been entrepreneurial and it was always important. I remember as a kid, even my grandma saying, oh, we're working hard for your future. And, you know, that was just a big thing in our family was just to always be pouring into the next generation. And so I think that's where, where the importance of legacy comes in and whether that's providing different opportunities for my kids, for example, my son, he's wants to be an author. And so we're doing whatever we can to give him those opportunities in that field that he's looking at. Right. And um, yeah, so I think that's the big thing for us is just to, look for opportunities, whether that's our kids or in our community and giving back and just being, I think, leaders and impacting people. Wherever that is in your day, you can you can be a leader, right? I think sometimes we put leaders on pedestals, like they need mm. to be politicians or they need to be CEOs, but we can all be leaders in our lives and have those leadership qualities. Yeah, I actually think that we are leaders and whether we realize it or not, right? Our kids are looking at us to understand examples. Um, Yeah, you know, maybe if you don't have children, but the children in the community, the people that you touch, you know, more so pre-COVID, but, you know, the people that you come in contact with every day, um, I think. And I think that was part of the message about living your legacy now. The legacy is the, the thing that you are being, doing now that will create that foundation for people to leverage in the future. Absolutely. Um, now, I love the fact that you're a top realtor in Canada yeah. and you're a real estate investor and you're a mom. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, a lot of the listeners here are in real estate here in the U.S. 
And something that you tend to emphasize is this idea of relational selling, right? Can you talk to me about what, what is relational selling? Uh, relational selling really is just focusing on the relationship itself. And we have all these relationships with people. It can be from when we were kids. Um, I've sold homes to people that I babysat their kids when, when they were um, raising their kids, right? And whatever you do as a kid, that impacts you later in life. And that's another lesson I try and always teach my kids is, you know, people are already watching you. And so, you know, who you are as a kid and being just that authentic you, that follows you through life. And so, when we really just focus on relationships and again, being a good human, that's what I coach realtors on is just to be a really good person. And if you give and you help others, naturally that will come back to you. And so again, you know, helping people in the community, it's not about just trying to get business from it, obviously, but, you know, when you are just naturally always giving, always trying to make an impact, people notice, right? People are attracted to somebody who cares about others, who's honest, who's got similar values and people look up to people like that, right? And so if you could just focus on being a good listener, looking for ways to help people, the rest always works out. Yeah. And I think that from a business perspective, you know, all businesses are built on relationships, whether it's your network, but absolutely your your end user. So that's interesting. With respect to, you know, your coaching, have you ever gone in and like coached a company or, you know, obviously the leaders are not coaching a company, but the, the, the individuals in the organization, maybe who weren't doing that, weren't building the relationships, taught them how to do that and then seen a difference? Like what, how does that work? Yeah, mostly what I focus on is um, working with couples uh, through money coaching and then with realtors. But definitely when I'm just talking to people, again, whether that's a chamber of commerce meeting or whatever it is, um, you know, people are always looking for kind of that that next step. And so often we turn to the advertising and the marketing. Right. Oh, I just got to spend more money. I just got to spend more money. And, you know, if you just spend the time with people, then then that's huge. Like, and, and the after sale stuff, right? Like it's easy to be, relational when somebody's buying something right at that moment. Right. Um, but it takes effort to be consistent and have that follow-up and keep those relationships strong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of relationships, how do you, you know, or how have you maybe um, networked during the pandemic? Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the toughest things. And again, <laughs> You know, I think whether you're a real estate agent, you're an investor, you're a business owner, we get a little bit comfortable, right? And so this has really turned everything upside down where it's like, okay, well, I'm used to going out for coffee with people and that's my business, right? Mm -hmm. I love going to parties and I can just chat with a whole bunch of people and people see me and that's my business. Uh, so you really have to get a little bit creative. And uh, so I think networking has been different, but... I think at the beginning we pulled back, but after a few months, you you got to get creative. So whether that's, again, using Zoom, it's just direct messaging people, it's getting on the phone. And again, that whole be a nice, be a good person concept is just literally asking people how they're doing. Like, how can I help you right now? And I've seen so many great things out of 
um, what's such a difficult time where so many people are so fearful, but, you know, to see all the, the good news out there, right, of how people are helping others and just making a difference. Awesome. Awesome. Let me ask you this, you know, you mentioned Zoom and all this other stuff, but, you know, how does one build trust, build that relationship, as you know, you had previously mentioned, in this online space? Yeah, I think that um, what people really look for in a relationship, number one, is that you're listening to them, that you care, and that you're actually concerned about how they're doing. And a lot of relationship stuff can start online. So you have to be, again, you have to be authentic. You have to be the same online as you are in person. And so a lot of the relationship actually does start online sometimes. And people just, again, you got to put a little bit out there about yourself, right? Talk about things that you're going through. Talk about different lessons you've learned. And people can get a feel for who you are. And then when you meet somebody, it just solidifies that. Yeah, it's funny. This is my this is my second year technically of marketing. So I'm a, I'm an all referral business. Um, never had a you know website page, any of that. Like it had to be there for for something else I was doing. Um, but it was really interesting. So last year I said I was going to do it. Genuine honesty is not really committed. Didn't really care because business was running as usual, right? This year I said, and I, I ended all of my yeah. my clients in about February thinking I was going to take March, April, really nail down this marketing thing and then just go back to what I do. And it's really funny. Like, I think one of the biggest messages that I've learned uh, from a lot of people in marketing, some very high-end people, you know, these people on Facebook and Instagram that I don't really know how high end they are, or if they're just taking the information from these high end people and repeating it, but I've heard it again and again that um, yeah. it's really about the genuineness and letting people in to see who you are because they're going to align with you. They're going to trust you. They're mm -hmm. going to know who you are and just be yourself, right? It just, you know, go out there. And so I, I've heard that a lot. I mean, I am my goofy ass self all the time. So. <laughs> can't help that but letting that out <laughs> on film all the time is not exactly what I would have done so it's it's definitely this time has definitely made me a little bit more comfortable to just hop on live or do something and just be me versus you know be that thing I'm supposed to be right be that yeah. you know that yeah so that's interesting uh my my one of my friends on Facebook she's constantly posting all the outtakes of her videos and people just love it, right? And I think that goes to what you were saying of just being, you know, we all screw up and we just have to show that side. Or it can be something about your personal life. Like you don't have to tell everyone everything, but, you know, I have my oldest of four. Uh, my oldest daughter is um, has a disability. And so sometimes I share about the struggles of that, right? Like we all have a struggle, so why not just talk about it, you know, yeah. not complain all the time, but just again, yeah, be real. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, you and I have both mentioned that you're a certified money coach. Can you explain to the listeners what that is? Yeah, really what money coaching is, is, you know, it's not just the nuts and bolts of budgeting and looking at your income and your expenses and trying to cut back and take all the coffee visits to Starbucks out of your life. You know, there's really so much more to it. And so much of the money 
concerns or issues or struggles that people have are really related to other things in their life. So it could be um, things that they learned, uh, habits they learned as kids or struggles they went through earlier in life. And um, so money coaching is really digging deep and seeing where are these struggles actually coming from. So it's not surface level, but it's really looking at the issue itself, helping people recognize, oh, this is where this is coming from, to be able to actually get past it and move forward. Right. Would you would you kind of feel like in, in that realm that it's more mindset, like mindset coaching, mindset kind of un, under uncovering the relationship and the definitions created from the past? Or is that not like a word that you would use? Yeah, there's all kinds of things like it can be something like, you know, if as a child you uh, you're you were living with a single mom and she was struggling all the time and you remember going to the food bank and just feeling that stress with your mom as a kid. And now you might be overeating, always have to have your pantry full and constantly be spending on your kids because you're trying to overcompensate for deficiencies that you felt as a child. So that's just one simple example, but there's so much out there and recognizing how all these different things play together. Well, and I, I, I smile big and kind of laugh in a way because a lot of the people that I work with uh, might be first or generate first or maybe second generation of having significant, you know, cash, right. Having significant amounts of money. Um, and that really is a common theme. Uh, and the smart ones, you know, while they're giving them the best educations, they're actually teaching them different things, but there have been many <laughs> where it has just been this over abundance and not in a good way, you know, and then them seeing right. how it kind of gets thrown back in their face because they grew up respecting it, wanting it, needing it, building it, but they're not teaching them that. Right. And so that, that was just, that made me smile. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, I see this all the time. You know, and there's nothing wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying yeah. like just because you buy your kids the the mini, you know, Lamborghini that they're driving around the backyard. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? If it's fun and you can do it, that's great. If you're responsible fiscally as well, that's great. I think that's so fun. Right. But if you're not teaching them that, you know, these things don't just materialize. And I'm not saying give them the hard look story. Oh my God, it worked so hard for this. Like, no, no, no. I'm just saying like, there's a way to teach fiscal responsibility and there's a way to avoid yeah. it and ignore it because you're making up for the hole in yourself. And like that, there, it's, it made me smile because I see it a lot. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. A simple example with my kids is, you know, I remember they were younger and they're like, okay, mom, I want another Lego set or whatever it was. And I was like, you guys have so many toys to begin with. Like they all have too much really. Yeah. And I just said, okay, so we have options in life, but we only have so much money. So does it make sense to buy another Lego set or does it make sense to go give some food to the food bank because often when we're shopping, we'll drop a couple tins in and stuff. And they just looked at me and it was like, it's a no brainer, right? Especially for kids, they get it. And I was, and they're like, Oh yeah, no, we, get, we need to help people. Okay. So just helping them make those decisions and getting them involved in the decisions is really crucial. And I think we try and wait till they're like 18 or till they're 15. Yeah. And then we've got to talk about this money stuff quickly before yeah. they leave the house you got to start early, start yeah. at four, three and four, teaching yeah. little lessons. 
I've already taught my my now 12 year old the pitfalls of credit cards when you hit college. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it, girl. Save your cash now. I'm like, don't do it. But be responsible, right? Like, so my daughter is getting a bank card and it's very intentional because yeah. I have my gut tells me she's going to link it up to her Apple account. She's going to zero it out. She's going to want to use it. And she's going to be like, but I can't, mom, give me money. I'm like, hey, tough lesson, but you're not going to forget that one. And it's not detrimental to your life. Like, right. It's not like, hey, walk across the street and see if you get hit by a car before I teach you how to look both ways. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. Right. So, so yeah. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Totally what you're supposed to do though is allow them to make those mistakes while they're at home. Right. You don't want them to you know, you don't want to control everything and then they don't make the mistakes, the little ones, right? Yeah. They go out and they make the big ones. Like you said, the credit card debt and buying too big, too big of a house or too big of a car. Yeah. So I think what you're doing is completely what you should be doing. Thank you. I hope so. Let's see that. Let's, I'm like, let's see how this works out. Um, but even in that same thing, like same thing, let me ask you this because I see things in a certain way. I'm curious to know if you see that too. You know, I kind of see us all as being a vessel, a conduit to all things. And I think for me, it's a little bit more obvious in that I live in a, you know, two bedroom apartment in Manhattan. And so there's limited space. And even though we have storage and all this stuff, there's limited space. And, you know, one of the things I'm always teaching my daughter is, you know, you kind of have to release some things, you know, <laughs> like you don't have to hold on to the 57 books you had at, you know, three months old, keep the ones that you have an emotional attachment to. And then the rest give them to other kids that need to learn how to read or need parent, you know what I mean? And so, so that's always the end because I find that it's true yeah. for money. Money flows through you, in my opinion. And when your vessel, and when you learn this, when your vessel's open, all of a sudden you have so much more money, right? <laughs> but it's, it's like, but then mm-hmm. I get it because when you're yeah. afraid, especially like in a time like this, right? Like you're afraid like it's not going to come in or this or that. So you start to restrict it, but what you're doing is restricting your vessel. And I'm not saying go out there, spend like you have a million dollars. You don't have, no, 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 no. But I'm talking about that openness, that knowing that it's there, knowing that you're responsible for it and it all comes, if that makes sense. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think again, you know, out of the, the awful time and challenges of COVID, one of the things that's really come through is that people have recognized, you know what, spending time together doesn't mean we have to go spend all this money, right? We don't have to go out for drinks. We can just spend time at home and spend time going for a walk. Like how many people now have gotten into walking and they never did before, right? Just going out, getting out, doing things instead of spending the money, right? Doing things, having experiences and just simplifying life. Yeah. I learned that in my twenties. I I, I remember in my, my mid to late twenties, I'm living in Miami, Miami beach. And one of my girlfriends, she's a furniture designer. She would go out without a penny in her pocket. She'd ride her bike. She'd always mention about how beautiful Miami Beach is and how how happy and lucky and grateful she is to live there. I'm a New Yorker. I'm like looking at her like, how do you go out and like not have money? Like, (laughs) Like, how are you happy? Like, and it dawned on me in that moment that if I ever had a moment that I didn't have or felt like I didn't want to spend the cash to go out and have dinner, have drinks, meet up with people, I would actually close myself in for the weekend just to not spend money, which I, I told her, like, I think 
that day I was like, I admire you. I just realized something like, oh my God, like I don't need money. Like it, it's a weird thing, but just like, as you're saying, it dawned on me back then. I was like, how is she so happy? And she doesn't have any money. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I just didn't get it. <laughs> and she's actually the one that kind of started teaching me. Like actually it has nothing to do with anything, right? Like money, money isn't everything. It does matter, but it's, it's really, it's not anything. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. This time is very interesting. Let me yeah. ask you this. What would you, what would you, what do you see as the top, you know, one or two things that people in this moment, so let's talk about a very, very specific type of person. So let's just say a person who maybe has recently lost their job, right? Might be concerned about paying rent, paying bills. What would you tell them right now? How would you, how would you tell them to, to view this aspect? Like, what would you be telling them? What advice would you be giving them? Well, I think a couple of things. First of all, try and again, reduce all your spending as much as possible. And sometimes we have to do things that we're not comfortable with, but it's the short-term pain for the long-term gain. And so maybe that's subletting the apartment and moving in with somebody. Maybe that's taking somebody in and renting out one of the rooms in your house. You know, there's, there's many ways to do it, but it's not always what we want to do because we want to be comfortable and do what we've always done, right? But there's these moments in life where sometimes we have to make the hard decisions, but it helps us get through tough times. So that's on the expense side. Obviously, that's not for everybody. You know, if you don't have friends or family nearby, maybe you can't do that, or maybe you aren't allowed to sublet if you're renting, that sort of thing. But often there are ways. It's just we have to decide if we're going to do it or not. And then income-wise... Again, you know, I've seen where industry has in a uh, small city has, you know, you've had a couple of people suddenly shut down and, you know, 100 people have lost their jobs or 200 people have lost their jobs. And it's really painful at first. And then from that, people have the moment to actually decide what they maybe really want to do in life, right? If they've always, again, you get comfortable. So you've been in the same business or the same industry for so long and then suddenly it's like oh okay well now I've got some time to think about it and so allow yourself to just be creative right explore different things go see a counselor at at a college or university and see if there's something that you want to take um, to upgrade your education maybe you've always wanted to start a business talk to other business owners like just be again vulnerable and say, you know what, this I've always been interested. Tell me more about your business, right? Take that time to really explore. Um, there's people that are looking for partnerships, they want new energy in their business. Um, maybe you have a skill that they really need, but you don't know until you start asking. So mm. get out there as much as possible, have as many conversations. And I find often too. People get jobs from other people that they know, right? So if you let people know you're looking, then often people will come back to you. Again, everyone wants to help each other, right? That's natural human behavior and response. So if you say, hey, I'm looking for a job, if you hear of anything, well, next thing you know, they're calling you, hey, I found something and I found something. So just let everybody know. And the more that you put it out there, the more that's going to come back. Right. And so, so there's some things that I, I heard first and foremost, you know, income wise for, first, let me say this. You said this and you know, Dr. Sahi says, this. I say this guys slow down, 
And this is the moment in which you don't feel like you can because you're so freaked out about the money, right? You oh, I have to get it tomorrow. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. That you don't actually take the time to slow down and listen to yourself and what you want. The other aspect is, depending on where you are in your trajectory of your career, you might have trained for something. You might have been on a certain path. And sometimes we forget that there's a million other things outside of that that we love, that we do, that we used to do, that we used to engage with, that lights yeah. us up. And maybe if your job didn't light you the F up, dude, find another space because it wasn't going anywhere anyway. <laughs> like, if you know, if you weren't lit every day to go to work, you'd be like, yes probably not the right place for you anyway. So it's it's painful and it is in business too. Like yeah. I work with startups and you have to stop, see the bigger picture, get the landscape, have all the ideas and then decide, right? And it's okay. You know, a lot of us also get hung up on what if I make the wrong decision? Mm -hmm. Screw the wrong decision. You're going to make the wrong decision. You're going to try a whole bunch of stuff. And maybe you like it, maybe you don't. You can't know until you do it, Right. You know, there's only so much you can know cerebrally before yeah. you go out and experience it for yourself and be like, oh, this is some bullshit or this is amazing, right? Um, the other thing I heard you say yeah. is be vulnerable. And what I'm hearing there is got, drop the ego. It's okay. Like know that you know nothing. Ask the questions. Find out. Be true to yourself because whatever step you take next, if you're not doing that, is probably not going to be in alignment with, with your, your happy end result you know, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what you just said. I think. And I think so. yeah, and maybe, you know, there's been somebody who has always thought, wow, if I could only hire Kirsten, she's an amazing person. And I would love to have her on my team. And if you never tell anybody now that you have lost your job, there could be people who have just been waiting to hire you. So yeah, just to, just to be vulnerable. It's, it's just so important. Yeah. And I think another thing too, and in, in sort of the same realm, I guess, or the same sort of thought pattern is to think about what people have complimented you on in the past. And I think we're very, especially Canadians, we're very, uh, you know, oh, no, no, and we're very humble, and we don't want to, like, take that in, you know, so sometimes we don't think about it too much, but if people have always said, oh, you're such a good, you would be such a good coach, you would be such a good salesperson, you know, if you've heard that a few times, somebody's seeing something in you that maybe you haven't seen in yourself yet, but maybe that's something to really think about and explore and see if that also will go somewhere. So, yeah. And guys, speaking of coaching and this time right now online, you know, everybody thinks you're supposed to be at a certain level. And I want to say this because a lot of my former clients who own now successful businesses end up being coaches and not coaches in that business either. Um, not just to their staff, but actually turn into coaches. I kind of feel like Coaching is like, you know, hitting a certain level in the sense of, of yourself spiritually, mentally centered, sort of, so to speak. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but even still, if you're not at that place, but like, ugh, I'm like babbling here. Here's my point. Right now is a really great time to be online. Okay. You have a skill set that you can offer online. That's number one. But number two, there is something you do at a level that someone before you does not know yet. Always. Okay. If it's yep. how to type fast, if it's how to apparently speak better than I do on interviews, <laughs> like whatever it is, um, you know, like there is always a level that you know that someone else before you doesn't and coach them, right? Coach them. 
You know, if you have to start out with a freebie and just post it out there on your Facebook, your Instagram, help somebody. Because as you're helping people, again, you're lighting that part up in in, in you. And if it feels good, which typically it does, um, you can make a business out of it. Right. And as you make that business, you yourself are going to progress yeah. and then you're going to hit the next level. And then your, your students, your clients, your people are going to be the next level people. And it just continues on. Um, if that makes any sense. So if you're really mm-hmm. hung up on yeah. what kind of work you can do, you did something. If you're a freaking Starbucks barista, mm-hmm. you can make a mean coffee in man- many different ways. I mean, there's something you could do. You could be online teaching people how to do that from home. Since right now I'm in Harlem and guess what? My local Starbucks, the one closest to me has closed. They weren't smart enough yeah. because they didn't take the pivot right to do. And they have the, the perfect walkway to do this offer pickup service. For some reason they didn't go there. They just closed while the right. Starbucks four blocks in the other direction did do that. And they're making banks, dude. The lines around the corner sometimes when you already pre-ordered, you're like, are you kidding me? Because it's the only yeah. open Starbucks now, right? But look at that. Look at that pivot. Look at that thought process. But yeah, I mean, guys, you know, again, yeah. take yeah. the time to think, drop into your heart, understand what really lights you up, what you feel good about, what you can learn about. Go learn it. I know it feels mm-hmm. stressful that you feel like you have to pay the bills tomorrow. And some of you might. Some of you might. Some of you might be like, fuck, I'm going to default on this credit card. What the fuck am I doing? Right? Get online. Get on Upwork. Make mm-hmm. Hustle and make that change. But as you're doing that, you know, um, really think about the long term. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's, it's all such important points. And I think we have to constantly be... I always say, put your, like, it's like your hand is up and then your other hand is down, right? So you're reaching up for what, where do I need to grow next? Do I need a coach? Maybe I need a mentor right now. Like, what do I need in all different areas of my life, right? Should I be focusing on fitness right now? Is it my relationships? Like, is there a coach that I should be seeking out right now? And also your hand is down because you're lifting somebody else up. And that's the whole thing with coaching. Yeah. And if you're, you don't want to do coaching, then mentor, mentor somebody, volunteer, but be the other half of that. And like, who can I also help? Yeah. Because there's immense um, value and just makes you feel good inside, right? It's that intrinsic value yeah. of helping somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What would be, you know, if if we're talking, you know, obviously we're talking about financial legacies, we were just sort of transitioning for a second to talk about what people can do in this moment, you know, talking about uh, kind of long-term managing money, financing, investing, all of that stuff, you know, what do you think would be some of the basic things that we should be looking at, period, no matter where we are in our, our you know, part of that, you know, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, in the beginning, you're just really trying to focus, first of all, often on getting rid of the debt, especially if you've gone to school, or you've bought a house, right? The debt seems to be something that you need to kind of figure out. And how are we going to be paying that? The other part is that you're not making as much, right? So as you, most careers, as you put in the time, you make more money, some you don't. But yeah, so you kind of have that double whammy of just trying to figure that out, right? And then things kind of get rolling and then you can focus a little bit more on investing. And then near the end, your shift, your focus shifts a little bit in how am I going to avoid taxes? Am I just going to use up all this money in my retirement? Do I want to leave money to the kids or to 
some type of organization I've been passionate about my whole life? Like, what does that look like? There's no one answer for everybody. And that's where, again, you know, you want to be thinking about these things early in life so that they actually happen. You know, I talked to this one lady and she's like, we got married young. You know, we were 20. We got married young. We went to school, started our careers, and we sort of planned out what we kind of wanted to accomplish over the next 40 years. You know, and at one point they they retired at, let's say, 50, 55, and they decided back when they were 20 that they were going to uh, sell their house and go live in a van or a little camper van or whatever and just drive through this U.S. for uh, two years was kind of their plan. And then they ended up actually doing it for three years. And they said those were such important years for them because they experienced so much that they never would have experienced otherwise, right? Just going through all these small towns, meeting all these people, and people would direct them to cool things to look at. And it was just amazing, right, for them. But you had to start early to be able to make sure to plan to actually accomplish all the things you want to have happen in your life, right? And the plans don't always, you know, go completely as you want. But if you start with a plan, you'll have a better chance of getting there than if you just, again, drift through life saying, well, one day I'll go on a trip. So yeah, big difference between a dream and making that reality. Absolutely. Um, having that plan. Let me ask you this, you know, uh, for the parents out there listening with very young children, like, you know, five and under, what would be uh, something you might tell them to start to lay that foundation? Because I know a lot of them are probably thinking, oh my God, they're too young. Answer is no. Um, <laughs> but what would be something that you might be able to tell them to do to start for their kids to really kind of get a little bit more uh, financial education? Yeah. So first of all, I guess one half of that is like to make sure that you're putting money into school um, funds or programs, finding different programs where you can take advantage of opportunities to grow your funds for your kids' education, right? So in Canada, we have a program called RESP, which is that the government will kick in a little bit if you put money into this investment account, right? And so you'll have similar programs in the States. And if you have listeners in Europe or wherever that is, there's these programs, but you got to just look into these things. Then the second half of that is, yeah, trying to figure out what you want to teach your kids. Now, that seems easy, but if you're in a relationship, you grew up one way as a kid, your spouse grew up or your partner grew up another way. And you just both kind of assume that how you were raised is what you're going to teach your kids. But that's not necessarily going to happen. So you've got to have those communication so key, right? And you've got to have those conversations like, what do we want to teach them? Uh, do we want to do allowance? Do we not want to do allowance? Um, do we want them to do we want to give them a significant amount when they're a teenager and they have to go buy everything? Even like when what age do we think we're going to give them a phone, right? So the more that you can talk about these things, again, it doesn't mean that that's what has to happen, but it's good to have the conversations ahead of time before, um, again, that moment comes up and then you're like, oh, I don't even know what we want to do about this. Right, right, right. So for everybody listening here, especially for the couples that are trying to build their financial legacies and they want to learn more about what we're talking about here and so much more because this is not even the tip of the iceberg for what you do. You do so, so, so much. Um, Where can I find you? 
let them know where, where they can find you to learn more. Yeah. So my company is called Investor Smarts, investorsmarts.ca. And um, I'm all over the internet, so pretty easy to find me. But uh, yeah, social media, websites, whatever it is, just reach out and I'd be happy to help you wherever you're at in your financial journey. Awesome. And what would be one uh, last thing that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Any last thoughts, ideas? Keep investing in others. And as much as money is everything that we talk about, and it is kind of the center of, you know, of life and we need it, but just keep investing in others, whether that's your relationships with your spouse, your kids, others around you. But there's so many ways separate from money that you can make such an impact in the world. And so just keep reaching out to others. The money part will take care of itself. Keep investing in yourself too and learning along the way. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. We really appreciate it, Candice. Thanks for having me. Take care. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.